Mother's Day is coming. And if you don't get mom the perfect gift, she won't be angry, just disappointed. So go with drinks from Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Send favorites near, far, or to wherever the moms in your life are. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get the best drinks to the best moms and plenty of time for Mother's Day. Ding dong, it's Drizzly. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the New Evangelicals Podcast. I have on this episode Janice, who runs the Instagram account God Has Not Given. Now, Janice actually used to be a part of Hillsong, New York City, and worked with Carl Lentz directly. Now, not so much. So we talked a lot about her time at Hillsong around, uh, we talked about, about the culture of Hillsong. We talked about her time with Carl and what led really to her deconstruction um, of Christianity in a lot of ways. And also, of course, of the church. So this is a really like personal episode, I think, for Janice. I really appreciated her coming on. Her content is great. Uh, she does really funny videos and she's just a great human. So I had a great time bringing her on the episode. And I hope that you episode, oh gosh, I'm tired. A great time. I had a great time bringing her on the podcast on this episode. That should be the the actual wording. Um, so I hope that you enjoy this episode of the podcast. There we go. That being said, as always, thank you to everyone who supports the podcast, who donates to make all this happen. If you want to donate, you can click on the link in our show notes. It goes directly to helping cover our overhead, helping us to get better equipment, helping us to put more time and energy into the podcast, and of course, the entire New Evangelicals community. So thank you to everyone who has given. Also, if you could give us a rating and review and share this episode, that would be a huge help. The podcast continues to grow, which is amazing. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens. And my job, my goal is to bring you all get, uh, great guests that you like. So if you have any feedback, you can email me, tim at thenewevangelicals.com. All right. Without further ado, here's my interview. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Amaveo Group. You might be wondering, Tim, who or what is the Amaveo Group? I'm so glad you asked. The Amaveo Group is a nonprofit organization that exists to see broken systems fixed in communities all over the world, including right here in the States, and they are looking for people who want to help. This group works directly with local leaders in their own context in places like Ireland, Mexico, Philadelphia, and Haiti. Now, let's be honest, friends. When many of us think about going to another country and raising money to go, we think about our missions trips as teens with our evangelical church so we could go and quote-unquote preach the gospel, which in many cases meant proselytizing and colonizing and showing them a better and superior way of living, right? Which we do not want to do anymore. This is not what we're talking about. No proselytizing, just straight up help. This is also a way for you to get out of your own bubble and explore different parts of the world and experience the diversity of humanity while also doing good along the way. If you're interested in being a part of this, you can click on the link in our show notes or visit amaveogroup.org. That's A-M-O-V-E-O group.org.
All right, Janice. Well, I got to say, I appreciate you making time coming on the show. I know you're in New York City. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. I'm in Philly. So we're practically neighbors. Given Given the global nature of what we're involved with. I'm like, wow, someone in my own backyard. Practically down the street. Yes. And who also understands good pizza. That's a big thing on my account. People don't (laughs) get it. They're like, oh, I know good pizza. I'm like, listen, I don't want to be an elitist. I'm not trying to be that guy. Okay. But I don't think you know good pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, pizza is just good food anyway. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I mean, you can go wrong but you have to work really hard at it. Well, let me ask you a question about that because I'm not sure how much, how, how much you see stuff on my account, but there's a big debate raging around pizza. And I, I will brace myself for your answer. I hope it's the right one. I really do. But does pineapple belong on pizza? You know yes. what? If people want pineapple on their pizza, yes, it belongs there. Okay. For the sake of of this conversation, I will just say, I understand. Thank you for sharing your perspective. (laughs) (laughs) All of my pineapple pizza lovers are are probably cheering right now. So, (laughs) I mean, I will say, I've been a pescatarian for about seven years now. So, okay. You know, I've only got so many toppings I can go with. So, I don't mind a pineapple on a pizza. (laughs) All right. Hey, I can't fault you for that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, the, the reason why I wanted to have you on, I've been following your account for a little while now, and I know like 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 certain uh, puzzle pieces to your story, you know, but mm-hmm. I know that your story is, is pretty powerful, honestly. And for the sake of our audience, I'm not sure how many of my followers follow you. Why don't you kind of give us some of your background, who you are, and kind of like how you grew up, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. So I am, I'm Janice. I am a Born Californian, so born and raised in California, born and raised in church, um, grew up very, very Pentecostal, mm. very charismatic. So, <laughs> you know, church starts at nine. What time it's going to finish? Only, only God knows. Like, Truly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I grew up under that. I did grow up under um, a woman pastor. So... You know, that, that kind of made things different for me mm. anyway. So like, I never, I never had the question of like, should women be pastors? Can women speak like that? Mm. That kind of thing was just never an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I grew up in a super, super small church. It, you know, just very, very inward focus. I think a lot of churches are. Sure. Um, so just grew up there. It was very, looking back on it now, very legalistic. So I knew what the rules were. Mm. Um, and then because it was such a small church, everybody knows knows you and everyone has a, an opinion. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And just very, just very worried about, you know, the world. And, and me specifically, because I was and am an artist and, you know, was mm. a singer and into music. And so there was always that fear of, you know, the world, the world is going to get you. You're too... Yeah. You're too worldly. You're too yes. secular. Yes. And, and for me, especially like, I always felt like, Oh, I'm too way too spiritual for the world. And then way too worldly for the church. Yeah. Um, but I was not, was not worldly at all. I was literally <laughs> doing nothing. Um, and just very, very uh, fearful of yeah. all, all things. Mm. Um, and so when Hillsong 
first came onto the scene, um, you know, all things are possible. They're really, really early stuff. My yeah. church started using it. And that was how, how I found out about Hillsong. Um, and back then I was looking for to see like if they did a conference or anything in the States and they weren't at that time. Mm. Um, but that's where I ran across the Bible college, that they had a Bible college. Mm. And at that point, I, I was already out of high school and had been kind of like going back and forth between I'll go to school for a while and then get bored um, and then go to work and then get bored with that and then go back to school. So I was at a phase where I was like, oh, I want to go back to school. Um, so I'll go to I'll go to Hillsong College. And yeah, so that's that's me from childhood to mm. early adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my. That was my church story. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you were never the the the, the uh, rebellious kid. And because I was very much the same way you are. I mean, I grew up fundamentalist. So you people were way too demonic and liberal for us, you know, because you guys spoke in tongues and you had women pastors. Like, what were you yeah. thinking? But a lot of the same ingredients of legalism, of, you know, separation from the world, of, of being um, afraid of worldly influence drilled into yep. my head. And I was the same way where I was also an artist, I'm, you know, a drummer, and I, I never rebelled at all, like ever. I was always kind of committed in some way to this Jesus thing. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like we have some overlap there. So, okay, so you grow up this way, you're like, hey, you know, might as well, let's do this Hillsong College thing. Is Hillsong actually like an accredited college, though, at the time? <laughs> Absolutely not, no. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> so what, what was that experience like for you then? Like, were, were you aware of that before you actually went? Yeah, like, I don't know that anybody, <laughs> I mean, I don't, especially then, mm. now, maybe they're a little trickier about it, um, right, right. but like, I don't think anyone was going for like accreditation, like you're going, yeah. you're going for the Hillsong experience, you're going because you think they're the best at, you know, what they do, and you're, you're, you are planning to stay in the church, like you're not, right, right. you're not going into the world, like that's, right right that's that's the whole thing right um and they do have there is a degree program there like basically another school that uses their campus and meets there so it's not you know 97 percent of the people going to Hillsong College are not doing the degree program so it's it's very much you know oh this will be good this is good church credit Mm. this is for this is for church world um so I I went because I was like, oh, like I love, I love music. Right, um, right. I can only do worship music because that's, <laughs> of course, know, that's right. the it's way. Safe. It's the safe thing to do, right. right? Yeah, right. So I mean, they're killing it. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go there. Um, originally, yeah, I'm just gonna go for a year. You know, learn whatever, and then come back and put it put it to use in my church here. You know, mm. maybe we can bring it forward a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, totally get that. Yeah, so then I got there, and Hillsong is such a good. I mean, it's 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 entry level, like, in in so many ways, and it's, it was such a good thing for me because it was like, oh, this is this is such a radically different way of doing church, mm. um, and and just it seemed to be much more of a middle ground. Um, you know, a big thing was like, oh no, living the same you know, Sunday through Saturday as opposed to, you know, Monday through Saturday and then Sunday is different. So it was, you know, all about relevance and just being more, more relevant. Mm. 
Mm. Um, so within within a few months there, I was like, oh, like I can never, I can never go back to my old church. Like mm. just the just the, the fast pace yeah. that it has, just yeah. the the technology, just everything. Right. It's High like, production oh, like value. I, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and as an artist, it's like, oh, I've dreamt about playing in professional spaces and now I'm able to do that. Absolutely. It's it's really a, a combination of looking back, right? Of course, several it's, things happening. Yeah. Yeah. So many things. And yeah. there was where I first kind of ran into how legalistic I was. Because mm. like, I remember just being not necessarily bothered, but just being really aware of something. It's <laughs> so like, oh, like they play secular music in the lobby, yeah. like, you know, coming in. So things like that. And I'm like, oh, like, does this bother me? Why does it bother me? Should it bother me? So you're in my head. Get out. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, so these little, these now I'm like such stupid things right. like that were so, so big at the time. Yes. Yes. And, totally. and made all the difference. It's like, Oh, I can't, I, I cannot go back. Yeah. So, yeah. so I ended up staying, staying in Australia for like four and a half years. Wow. Um, and I knew when I knew I had to come back to the States, I was like, well, I can't, I can't be in California mm. and not be at my old church and it, mm. you know, not be an issue. <laughs> so like, I have to, I just have to, I have to be away. Right. Um, which I think actually happens a lot with churches. Like people, you can never just leave your church. Like it has to be, I'm moving. I got a new job. Like I'm. I literally physically can't be here. Yeah. And that's why I'm leaving. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm, that's good point. So I had met, yeah, I had a friend that I met at the Bible college and she was from New York. So the year before I moved back, I went to visit her. I was like, oh yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Like I, I like it there. Mm. So moved to New York and then I moved in October and I started going to my friend's church upstate and again, a little small family church mm -hmm. and like coming from Hillsong momentum to anything else. It's like totally. just hitting a brick wall anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so I was within like a month, I was like losing my mind. And in that December, so just two months later, um, the connect group that eventually became Hillsong NYC started. So join that connect group and then <laughs> the rest is terrible history but. so so you were really a part of hillsong new york at the ground level like you yeah. didn't come in later you were one of like the people helping to make hillsong happen in new york city yeah and you also were uh were with hillsong for four and a half years which means that obviously at the time it was a good experience you're obviously hitting your stride you're in the culture right i mean yeah. you're in it you're breathing it you love it you go to your friend's church and you're, I, 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 I totally know the feeling. I'm just like, they don't get it. This is ridiculous. You know, like this is so legalistic and whatever, yeah. you know, low, low, low production value. Their sound guy sucks, whatever. Okay. So, so now you're like, oh, I can almost imagine, and forgive me if I'm reading too much into this, but if I'm thinking about like you almost seeing it as like a sign, like, wow, God, what oh, are the chances so that, you know, I picked New York and now Hillsong's planting here. Like what a God thing, quote unquote, right? Right. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, so now here you are, you're in New York city. You're, you're probably feeling totally primed for this moment. Mm -hmm. And then where do we go from there? So, so the connect group started, um, like I said, it was another, it was another little church 
first it was a church plant, but of people who were from the college um, and were, you know, the interns of Brian Houston, whatever. So it was like, okay, even in the beginning when it wasn't going to be Hillsong, it's going to be Hillsong adjacent. Like this is, is going to be Hillsong-esque. Right. Um, so, so like joining that <laughs> and it was, it was their connect group for about two months. Yeah. Until Vision Sunday, Hillsong is in, is in February. Um, and so I knew before I was like, I bet. I don't know. I bet they're going to announce the Hillsong New York and that 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 is going to be this. And sure enough, that happened. <laughs> and it was it was literally like day and night, like the switch that 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 couple made from like when it was their connect group. to when it became Hillsong, it was like to look back at it now, like it almost seems insane. I'm like, I had to have made that up. Like nobody could change that fast. But they did. And like immediately just the, the the hierarchies and just the power plays and all of that were just were just happening um and can i ask a question about that sorry just so i understand so you're saying this connect group the leaders of that group they all their personalities changed yeah. quickly once it was announced that oh we're gonna be what pastors of of, of hillsong is that kind of the what, what what was happening i think i mean that's what they I think that's what they assume like they didn't end up being like they ended up being on the team right they weren't they weren't the leaders okay um but i think it was just this was like it's very different when you are planting your own church and like you have to be nice to people because who's going to come to this but once you know it's a hill song and Mm. it's it's guaranteed like people are going to want to be a part of this and so the game with hill song from the beginning until now is that it's it's bad and you know it's bad and you're having a bad time, but there's somebody else coming any minute now and it's going to change. Like, or you just got to stick with it a little longer. You're being tested. It's going to mm. change. Mm. And so like with them, when they made their switch and they started being awful, it was like, well, they're not, they're not going to be the leaders. Like we don't know. We didn't initially know who was, who was coming to lead this, but it's not going to be them. So it's going to be fine. Like, we're going to mm. wait. We're going to wait for the leaders to come. Um, and then, then once, once it was announced that Carl Lentz was it, when he came, um, I was a stage manager. So I, I would, I would see him all the time. So I'm one of the people that he just saw all the time. Right. So he, I think we just got used to each other. Mm. So it was, I mean, Hillsong is abusive. It just is that's just the way it's set up but for me specifically like I had this connection with Carl Lentz so that was just kind of my that was my safety safety zone like things could happen to me people could be you know however but only to a certain extent because he did like me we were buddies so you know I got away with a lot mm. um and I I felt like, oh, okay, I have, I'm in this place. Mm. I have this relationship with him. Right. Stuff is bad, but it must be, it must be like part of, part of my purpose Mm. is to, you know, use my influence, be here, make things better for the people who are, you know, under me, the people that I'm leading, take care of them and then do what I can to talk to him about whatever's. 
when you on. say when you say things you know um were, were bad like in what context we're talking about people just not nice we're talking about just like you know um what kind of things are, are we talking about here it's just i mean the whole system is set up on volunteers mm. um and so so that's always like now now i look at it and i'm like i don't think i think in churches everybody should be getting paid or nobody should like, yeah. you know, yeah. as soon as you have money involved and you're valuing certain people's time and not other people's, like it, mm. it just gets messy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I was just talking with a friend the other day and I was like, the problem with Hillsong, like the great thing and the terrible thing, mm. it's not, it's really not the leaders. Mm. It's the people in the middle. So it's like, there are some people who are having okay experiences. Like, you know, my, my people on my stage managing team, they were having an okay time because mm. I was I was a good leader. Yeah. People in my connect group, they were having a good time because I was taking care of them. Mm. But then there are a lot of other people kind of in that middle management who are wanting to be on top and mm. who are just awful. And some people, like a lot of people, it's not, nobody means to be awful, I don't think. Right. Like you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have this much power. Like mm. you shouldn't have this much authority over other people, you know, with, with literally no training. Like you're, we're put in these positions, even me, just based on who likes you. Like, it's not about any actual skill mm. or, you mm. know, knowledge. It's lucky if you have it and if you are, you know, a decent leader. But mm. for the most part, it's it's very much it's a popularity contest. Mm. I do. I do struggle more more than ever with what you just said about you know the paid thing the volunteer thing you know i was a volunteer at a church for six years and i did it willingly i i never felt pressured honestly i love to play right and as a drummer being able to play in pro space is like okay maybe i'm not getting paid but hey it's a full house every sunday like i could go back to bars playing with with with, with wedges you know like right. nah um but as you know i thought about it more and i realized like the level that some of these churches demand out of their volunteers level of practice and time and just energy right even if we like it um right. i do wrestle with that compensation part you know especially financially you know when you're taking away time from your family and your other job so I, I, I'm so where were you as far as like your theology, like your, I guess, deconstruction, if we can use that term, when did you start kind of like having those little cracks in the dam? You know what I'm talking about where it's like, <laughs> Oh, that's a little crack, but I can ignore it for now. You know, like, like, like when did some of those things in your mind, you started picking up on these things maybe for the first time and how did that kind of grow over time? I mean, looking back at it now, the cracks were always there. Like they oh, were yeah, just totally. <laughs> questions right. and things. Be like, oh, that doesn't really matter. Right. And, you know. Um, right. It's not important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the major, the major things. Yeah. <laughs> cracks started showing. Uh, probably around. No, actually, it was it was earlier. Like I always think it was later, but yeah, I was looking at the emails <laughs> not too long ago, and I think it was. 2012. Mm. Um, so like the connect group started officially in 2010. And then in 2011, we started, started like regular services. Okay. So in 2012, I remember um, we would have the Wednesday night exchange services. And this guy came from, he just, he had just arrived from Hillsong college um, he was from Virginia Beach, so I think he knew Carl before, but he had just arrived and he was up there emceeing like a service already. Huh. And it was and it was terrible. Mm. Like and 
And he, you know, cookie cutter white boy looks looks like Carl, talks like Carl, like uh, a clone. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, it just hit me. I was like, why? Why does he get to be bad at this? Like, there are other people who have been here, mm. who you know, who could do. Any one of us could do this if this is the level, <laughs> you know, you have to be at. Um, so I. That was like my first, well, let me, let me man up and write this email. Um, oh, okay. So okay. yeah, it's, that was my first kind of foray into that with Carl. Um, and like legit, like fear and trembling. And I, I don't know how he's going to react to this. I don't know what he's going to say, but wow. I'm just going to, I'm going to say something. And so, yeah, I was like, you know, Hey, if we're, if we've got openings on the roster, can we consider like some women or some people of color, like not even, I'm not even going to suggest a woman of color at this point. Like, can we just right. get like, well, let's not get crazy. Let's not get too <laughs> radical, you know, <laughs> right. one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so he wrote back and he was like, yeah, Oh yeah, I would love that. So let's, let's pray for like God to send, send that person. Oh, boy. And, and again, like I said, you know, fear and trembling. Sure. Sure. All right. I don't want to go too far. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Totally. Yeah. Totally yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm. Oh, at least he's you know open to it. Right. But you I know, wasn't fired, the, so that, I guess that's a plus. You know. Right. <laughs> but in the back of my head, and then I, I saw and I had like, um, you know, forwarded the email to someone else. I'm like, can you believe this? Like, look, <laughs> seriously, wait for God to send. Like, right. They're here. Like they're he- right here. <laughs> we're here. Right. But then right. at the same time, like always, always with all of this, you know, I mean, the programming is fantastic and it's so effective so it's like as soon as i okay we're gonna pray for god to send well wait a minute i'm here i feel like i could do that hang on hang on nope now i've got to back up because who do i think i am yes what kind of what kind of pride is that yes. wow that's probably why i'm not up there because yeah. i think oh. i think i can be like wow so i've yes. got to yes i gotta work on myself like yes Yes. This can't, this can't be about me. So all of these things, like when these cracks will start showing, yeah, I would say something, but then would immediately like turn it back on myself and be like, okay, what am I supposed to learn here? What is this teaching me? What am I doing wrong? Where am I, you know, where am I out of line? And, and what makes that so difficult to see is that there's a hint of truth to that idea of like self-reflection and wanting to be better and, right. and not making things about you. Like there is truth to that concept, right? right? But it's taken to such an extreme and used in a way that it turns out a lot of white men don't have to worry about that. Let's just, <laughs> let's just call it what it is, right? Like Carl and his buddies probably aren't thinking about that. You right. know, Carl's probably thinking, this is my role. I, I have the power to do this. Right. So it, 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 it is a very... Um, what could be healthy idea twisted and, and perverted and aimed at certain people to keep Mm -hmm. them kind of in their, in their place in a way, right. Right. With with God language. So it's quite, it's quite a, a maze of, of mental, it's like a mental fortress that is built in your head and every Avenue you turn, it comes back to you. You're like, wait, how do I can't get out of this? Right. Right. So I can imagine that being very difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so for the next few years, I mean, from then until I left, like it would just be me and Carl going back and forth with these different conversations. So it was about wow. women. It was about race. It was about single 
women. Like <laughs> I've, for- right. I've forgotten that it's so many of our first conversations. I like, can you stop making jokes about single people? Like it's, <laughs> you don't need it. It's not helpful. Hmm. And you're not, you're not doing anything for us. Like, right. You know, right. Um, right. So yeah, just like, <laughs> just these marginalized groups, like you just keep your othering people. Why yes. can't, you know, it's important. People need to see themselves. They need to, you know, know this place is for them. Can we get, can we just diversify this? Right. Which is very. Hi, Phil Swift here for new Flex Super Glue. What's truly amazing is that our Flex Super Glue is so strong that just one drop virtually welds itself to the surface and can lift over three tons. Forget those old Super Glues. Get the one that's new. Flex Super Glue. Go to flexsealproducts.com forward slash three ton lift to learn more about how one drop lifted three tons for demonstration purposes only. You can't always see bad weather coming, so it's essential that you're able to see through it when you drive. Michelin wiper blades with advanced technology hug your windshield like a Michelin tire hugs the road, channeling away water, snow and ice so you can see clearly, drive confidently and breathe easy. Michelin Wiper Performance, clearer than ever. Upgrade to Michelin Premium Wipers today at Walmart, Amazon, and other fine retailers. You know, it's interesting you say this because I've been on my own journey of decolonizing myself as best as I can. I'm still so much to learn, right? Like I feel like for the first time I have glasses where I can start seeing shapes, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not totally blind, but got a long way to go. But I am realizing more and more for the first time in my entire life, how unspoken the rule in many evangelical spaces that are white are, is that Yes, you're welcome here as long as you assimilate into our culture, right? As opposed to, hey, you're welcome here. What can we learn from you? You know, right. and also what can what can you learn from us? And how can we give and take and 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 just have this this beautiful dialogue, right? And right. and how do we say great point about single women in the church? We shouldn't make jokes at their expense, right? right. Instead of, oh, well, toughen up. Oh, it's not a big deal. And it it, it is. To someone who's steeped in that culture, me, <laughs> it, it's it was hard for me to understand, right? It took a lot of listening and, and it would take a lot more listening. But now that I'm seeing it, I can't unsee it. It's like, yeah. oh my God, you're so right. It's so narrow who it serves. And yeah. what it who it primarily serves is the white, the white family with two kids, a mom and a dad, who are everything is great, and dad has a great corporate job. And the young adults group is aimed at getting kids to get married as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> that is the funnel. And if you don't, we secretly think if you're like 30 and older, something's wrong with you if you're single. Absolutely. You know, like, right. oh, what's what, what's the deep hidden sin in their life? Right. And that's just not very healthy. <laughs> But it's so normalized. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. Anyway, go on. I don't want to you know, take over here, but I'm listening. <laughs> no, but like, even what you said, like, about assimilation, like, I I have, like, I say it jokingly, but, like, it's not really a joke. I'm like, when, you know, when a Black woman, like, stops straightening her hair, like, she might not know it, but, like, she's deconstructing. Like, that's, mm. that's, that's a sign. And that was, like, one of the, yeah, I think it was maybe 20. 13 2014 like when i did the big chop and i was like yeah i'm not you know i'm not gonna straighten my hair and at the time like it had nothing to do with with church but it's just like oh like i yeah i just want to be more 
whatever I actually am. Right. You, who you were created to be this beautiful human. (laughs) Right. And so, right. Okay. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so it got to the point where I was just so, so frustrated. I'm like, nothing, this is not, this is not changing. And you have the ear of Carl Um, and you have the ear of the pastor. So clearly like, it's not, this is not like, like an up the chain thing. You have the direct ear of this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and he, you know, at the same time he was becoming, you know, known for being the black lives matter guy. Like he'll, Mm. he'll say it, he'll say it. And so it was so frustrating. It's like, yeah, you're, you're saying it, but like your staff demographics are not changing at Mm. all and we're having these conversations and you keep yeah you just keep playing the game like now now a lot of the work that i do Mm. in you know trying to burn hillsong down (laughs) is is just kind of like my penance because i'm like oh i feel i mean i was Mm. so complicit in so many ways but Mm. also specifically you know as far as race race you know i feel like i you know i taught them to trick the system in a lot of ways, you know, just mm. make it make it look better. Um, but nothing's, yeah, yeah, but nothing's actually changing. And so it got to the point where we're, we're having these conversations and he's not changing. I'm I'm so frustrated. But then again, like I have to go back and be like, OK, who, right, right. Who, who am I to say this? Am I am I right here? Like maybe I'm, maybe I'm I your am. Leader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I care about this. Carl Lentz doesn't. Hillsong as an institution doesn't. Mm. Maybe God doesn't. Like, maybe I am out of line here. Mm. So then I had to kind of go with that. And then it got to the point where I was like, well, it doesn't, I mean, it matters. But ultimately, if, if, if I'm wrong and God doesn't care about this, then what, what am I doing? Because I'm, <laughs> what kind of God is this? You know, and ultimately mm. I was like, well, I don't, mm. I don't think God is like that. I mean, cause it's just wild right. to think, you know, God would create this vast <laughs> array of humanity, but right. every time he wants a pastor, like he just reaches into this one bucket, <laughs> like a white cookie jar. <laughs> right. Like he's like, you know, that's just where I go for pastors. Right. <laughs> sorry. That's my pastor bucket. Sorry. That's, that's just what it is. So like, right. I can, I can, I can believe that. But if that's true, then this is not for me. Hmm. You know. But if it's not true, and I don't think it is true, then right. Hill Hillsong is not for me. And like right. this place is not. This is not healthy for me. Like you can't, you can't be in a place like this, being told that you know, no, we are the voice of God. We are doing, and especially yes. because it was never, it was never, no, we just, I just don't want to stop hiring my friends. Like, this is what I'm comfortable with. No, like this, I just, we just promote who God tells us, you know, we, we put people on the staff, it's God's will, you know? <laughs> so, so if that's true, like that says right. awful things about God. So I, yeah, I just I can't be here anymore. Well, well, and here's where like that that like brainwashing technique really comes in, right? Because what happens is you leave the church, and then what do they say? Oh, don't give up, don't give up on God because the church hurt you, right? <laughs> like, but the thing is, and you and I both know this because we grew up in church. The reality is 
the church claims to speak on behalf of God, right? Yeah. God told me, we prayed on it and God led us in this direction. So it's, it's not, it's not a separation, right? right? It is one in the same because they taught us that they taught us that, that God speaks to the church. So right. if the church you're a part of is, is excluding black lives from leadership and from having a real seat of change at the table, right? What that tells people even if it, even if we don't see it consciously, it, we learn it subconsciously that oh well, God must not really care about this then, because the church puts itself in the place of authority and right. it claims to speak. You know, we are the people of God. We're the bride of Christ. You know, you know all the language. I'm I'm probably triggering half the audience right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a trigger warning on this episode. But you know, that's the reality. And so, but then when you get hurt, oh oh well, don't that that's that's just a few bad people in church. That's not the church. Right. That's not God. Oh, oh, oh. You can't do that. You can't pull that all of a sudden out from underneath of us and say, we never meant it. Because we know that you did when it came to controlling us, when it came yep. to how we lived our lives, what words we said, who we hired, what you know, our hierarchy. It mattered then. So it matters now. Right. Yeah. Right. And for me, for me, because I was, you know, I was friends with Carl. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I I mean, the dissonance is just, just just everywhere. Like, what flavor yeah. do you want? Like, we've got it. Yeah. And so, you know, on yeah. one hand, it's all oh, like, oh, we're besties and I love you and you're great and you're a wonderful leader and all these things. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I'm writing, I'm writing the church emails and I'm writing the, the church connect group studies, you know, that they're using across, <laughs> across all the campuses. I'm ghostwriting for one of the pastors. Like, wow. so I'm, I'm here. My mm -hmm. voice is all throughout this place. Uh huh. I'm, I'm fine enough to do that stuff. Like I'm doing real work. Right. But I can't, there's something wrong with me mm. where I cannot be on platform. Like I can't, right. I can't go beyond this. Well, it's almost like they're saying your mental capacity is great. You're, you're creative and great, but your, your black body is right. That, honestly, I hate to say it that way, but like that that's what it seems like, right? Like you can ghostwrite, you can write all the content, but we can't have you seen on stage, essentially. That's what it sounds right. like. It's like, what? Like, right. stop extracting me then. Like, stop extracting my resources. Right. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> right, but they'll, they'll never say no, it's because you're Black. Right. And so even I, I wouldn't say that. So I'd be like, okay. Right, right. So what, what is the secret sin? Right. What am right. I, right. What, what don't I know? <laughs> what am I doing? Right. Because again, like, in, I mean, nobody's perfect, obviously, but I'm of like course. literally doing nothing. Right. Like I'm <laughs> doing I nothing. Right. And, right. you know, and so now a lot of, you know, present day, a lot of my, my anger and stuff I'm mm. doing was like, oh my God, like I was just robbed of so much. Yeah. Like it's, it's, they're literally stealing lives, like mm. just taking, just taking experiences from people, just taking, you know, and with, without remorse, like, yeah. because I mean, they're, they're married and doing things outside of them. Like mm. you guys are living wild yeah, and, you know, and you are lording it over people who are doing nothing, like doing their best. Yeah. And depriving themselves and you still like you don't care right right so so 
what was the breaking point for you, right? Because you, you're, you're here, you're with Hillsong for quite a few years. You're, you're, you know, Carl, you're, you have his ear trying to get things changed, trying to help him out. You're writing for him, all this stuff. What was the moment where you're like, I, I just got to go like, this is just unacceptable. Um, I mean, there were a few moments hmm. like that. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that anyone ever just one day, like leaves, leaves church. Like right. I think true. <laughs> it's like a breakup. Like it takes a few yeah. tries. Oh, I know. Um, and so, I mean, the election, yep. 2016 election was, yeah. you know, a huge breaking point before that, that summer um, with Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, like that, that, that one week. Mm. Um, and there was, there were times when like things would happen and I was like, Oh, I cannot, I can't go to church because because I was writing the studies, like I needed to know, I knew who was going to be preaching where, so I could know like where I needed to go. So mm. I would know when Carl was going to be there and when he wasn't. Um, you know, so, and when something racial would happen, like if Carl's not there, I cannot go because these other pastors are going to say something crazy. Like mm. it's just not, it is not a safe, safe space. Right. And so like, you know, several of those. So then I'd be taking weeks off. So there were times when, you know, uh, I'm not going back. So I'd be out for a month or yeah, yeah, yeah. two. Um, but then I would miss it. So totally. I'd go back. Totally. And then, yeah, in 2017, <laughs> you know, we had been talking about Black History, doing Black History Month stuff forever. So finally, that was the first time in the last the last week of Black History Month. Mm. You know, Carl calls me a few days. Oh, can you do something? So I did this spoken word piece. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, I like left the church wow. um, and I was, I was just taking a break. I was like, Oh, I just, I just need, just need a break. Um, but that time I just didn't miss it. Mm. And so I didn't go back again until mother's day. Cause a friend of mine, you know, let the women speak on mother's day. Of so course. a friend of mine was speaking. So I went back and I was like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to come back. Mm. Um, so that was when I was like, okay, okay, I'm leaving, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to go quietly. Mm. I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Carl. Like I'm going to tell him mm. why, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be, you're not going to be able to say, no, we never knew. Like nobody ever said anything. Right. Cause people don't say anything. Like people yeah. would just quietly right. leave. They just sneak out. Right. So I was like, no, I'm going to talk to him. And he, <laughs> he would not meet with me. Like he just, he just wouldn't. And like, he knew what was coming. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this over text. Like I don't, can, can we meet? Yeah. He just wouldn't meet with me. So it took until July. Um, and I had, I had a cat that I'd had for 16 years mm. and he died. Mm. <laughs> and so I knew I was like, well, Carl knows, you know, I'm having a, a bad time. Mm. So he's not going to be, too shitty to me. Right. So I'm going to use this and I'm going to go on and just hand in my resignation um, from my non-paying jobs. <laughs> oh, so you weren't getting paid for any of this either? Oh, absolutely not. No. Okay. So let's pause for one sec. That's a big thing that I think our listeners need to hear. So you're ghostwriting for other, other you know, teachers or pastors, whatever it is, you're mm -hmm. doing all kinds of, um, you're doing real work. Like that, this oh, yeah. is not just, you show up for a rehearsal on Thursday and, uh, 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 you know, you gig out on Sunday morning for a couple hours. You're putting how many hours a week on average do you think realistically you're putting into this? I mean, I mean, it was, it was definitely a part-time job. 
20 hours? Yeah, easy. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean and that's, that's just, yeah, like the ghost writing and, you know, the, you know, you were there all day on Sunday when I was stage managing. Oh, yeah. All day. Oh. Monday, I would write the, the study. You listen to the sermons, write the study. Right. Tuesday, we have connect group. Wednesday exchange, Thursday creative night. Oh my God. Okay. So you're, you're, you're doing your thing. You're, you're yeah. in this 20 was- plus hours a week. And listen, I mean, I, it adds up quick at my old church. When we had three services, it was a 7 a.m. call time, 7.15. I got home at like 1.30 and that's not including a rehearsal on Thursday. I mean, there's already 10 hours just in two right. events. So, yeah. okay. So, so you're doing all this not getting paid and Carl who is telling you, I'm assuming he said things like, you know, I'm grateful to have you. You're a good friend. I'm sure you had some kind of friendship with him, right? All of a sudden now, when like there's a problem and he's going to be confronted, sounds like he's kind of cowering a little bit and like, actually, no, our friendship now isn't worth what I might have told you it was worth. Because I mean, let's face it. I've had difficult conversations with friends. I'm sure you have too. And you get through them. That's what friends do, right? Like you work through the hard moments that you hurt someone. That's what you do. And all of a sudden, Carl is like, and this whole friend thing, this whole I love you thing, eh, I'm still your leader. I'm still, you know, I'm still a pastor, right? Okay. Right. And now here we are back in the story. So your cat yeah. tragically passes away. You kind of leverage that to say, hey, this will be an opportunity to have Carl meet with me. And you're going to hand in your resignation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, I knew he, he wasn't going to meet with me. So I just resigned. Okay. Um, you just resigned. Gotcha. And yeah, so he... I thought he was like, uh, <laughs> you're not going to find what you're looking for. Um, we're doing, we're doing better than anyone else on all this race stuff. Um, you're not going to find what you're looking for and you're going to, you'll be back. He and, said that to you? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was his, that was his, his thing. And like, honestly, wow. I didn't know for sure that he was wrong. Like totally. I, totally. especially when you were in Hillsong, it is so all encompassing. Like you, mm. you really do lose, lose sight of the rest of the world. Mm. Like it's, it's Hillsong. What could be better than this? Right. Like it, it's the biggest, it's the best. Right. I have no idea what's out there. I really don't. Right. Um, so, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'll be back, but who <laughs> right. knows? And I remember right. telling right. him, you know, cause he was like, Oh, you're wrong. You know, you're making a mistake. And I was like, well, I mean, if I am, then I guess I'll come back and you'll have to forgive me. Like that's, you know, that's how I, it works. What a response for a pastor, for a shepherd, right? To be like, eh, you'll come back. You'll like, come back. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll, let my, I'll, I'll let the audience sit with that. They can fill in the blanks where I, I would usually say there. So <laughs> continue on. <laughs> so, yeah, so I left and I found, um, there was another little church plant starting here in Harlem. Okay. And so the black pastor just from the outset, they're much better about having a diverse, diverse platform, having mm. women speaking, like, like all the things. Like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll do this. Um, so I joined there and it was fine. About a year and a half. I um, was on the worship team there. Me and a friend of mine were leading it, co-leading it for a while. And it was never, it was never going to be a permanent thing. It's like, we're just, we're just waiting for somebody to come in. Um, so after a few months of us doing that, someone did come in, okay. um, she and her sister, they took over the team and then they set up these one-on-one meetings. Um, they wanted to, you know, get to know everyone on the team Sure. and long story short, like they basically 
they basically like hit hit us all with like the clobber scriptures and we're like, hey, this is the, you know, this is what we believe about homosexuality. Do you agree? Or do you not agree? And there are like several gay people on the team. Oh my the God. pastor had known, like, like I find, especially these days, like when people are coming into church, people are like honest about who they are and they want to know, right. like, Hey, this, this is, this is who I am. Right. Is that okay? What can I do? Right. And so it was no secret, you know, it wasn't a secret. So when they asked me, you know, I'm like, look <laughs> again, I'm not doing anything. Like I, <laughs> I can sit here right. and, you know, right. agree with whatever. Right. But personally, you know, by that point, I don't, I right. don't believe homosexuality is wrong. Right. Like I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Right. Um, and you know, what, what is your stance ultimately here? Cause I mean, <laughs> you know, do you think, is it the action? Is it just being gay? Like, what? Where are you guys drawing right, the lines? Right. Like, right. what? What are you trying to find out here? Right. Um. And so, like, they, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just the word. Like, we just believe what the word uh, says. Yeah. It's just the word. So either you agree word. or you don't agree. And if you don't agree, well, then we're gonna have to put you on probation, and you're gonna have to, you know, speak to speak to the associate pastor and whatever. You can put me on probation all day long. I was like, this isn't, I was raised with that. Like I've, I've come to this. So I'm not, right. I'm not going back. Like, right. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, and so, I mean, they ended up just burning, just burning like half the team. Wow. So like six people, myself included, like left, left the team and then ultimately left the church. Cause it was just handled so badly. Mm. Uh, like the pastor just, I don't know. It was just basically like, well, I mean, I put them in authority, so we just kind of have to respect that. Um, so, yeah, so something about that just broke something in me. I was like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. he is, he's a good preacher, but at this point, I was like, I don't, I don't think I need to sit and listen to someone's thought of the week right. on the Bible. I mean, oh, how many right. more can we hear for the first time? Honestly, like you name it. I've heard a sermon on it. Guaranteed. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So me leaving church at that point, like it was, it was just really practical for me. I was like, I don't, I don't think I need this anymore. Mm. Like, and I, yeah, I'm tired of, of just paying into these things, giving time and money to these things that yeah. don't care about me. Right. Don't care about my friends. Right. Like, right. Yeah, I don't I don't want to go anymore. Right. And so then I think that I think people <laughs> unwittingly kind of push me even further into deconstruction because then like people get so worried when you leave church. Oh my god, like, so worried. They oh get my. so worried <laughs> that then it's like, well, hey, maybe I will just entertain some of these other questions. Right. I'm out here, I'm out here anyway. You guys are afraid for me anyway. Right. So let me right. Let, I'll me, keep going. let me just keep going. And especially, you know, when you're, oh, hell, hell, you're going to, hell is going to get you like, yeah, right. All right. Well, do I actually even believe in hell? Yep. Do I, do I need that? Yep. And then for me, like once, once hell was gone, like it was, oh, okay. Now I can really see this clearly. And like, what, what works here? What doesn't work? Yeah. Is this good? Yeah. It's not good for me. Because right. I've, again, <laughs> I have lived up to these standards to the best of my ability and beyond, honestly. Yep. And I 
I'm not healthy. It's like, right. I'm not well. I've done everything yes. that was supposed to yes. bring life to me. And I am, I'm dead inside. It, um, man, in that regard, you and I are very similar. Um, I, I got to that same point where it's like, I did everything by right. You know, like everything I, I mean, everything, you know, I never did anything wrong in the grand scheme of, of like, of like the big sins in the church. Big one. Right. But yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm at the time I was like 28, 29, having panic attacks for the first time in my life. And I'm like, what is going on with me? You know, and I had, it's still taking time to undo. And in a lot of ways, I'm not nearly as moral anymore. You know, like I say, okay. fuck now, you know, and I, I don't say I'm sorry about that or whatever else it is, you know? Um, and I'm like, but I, I just feel so much clearer and so much more grounded, um, which is counterintuitive to how, how I've been taught to see things. Right. And certainly, you know, there's the, especially, in the, you know, there's this idea of wisdom that the Bible talks about and we want to be wise, our decisions, of course, you know, don't want to go about just ruining ourselves. But again, it's the same kind of idea where there, yes, there is some truth to, to, to being wise in your choices with a lot of lies of like, here are the right, here's the right and wrong, yeah. you know, instead of like you being able to make these calls and kind of learn from the mistakes or good choices that you make. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's very interesting because I really resonate a lot with what you're saying, especially with that, like golden child kind of approach, you know, yeah. and it's still not being enough. Like it still wasn't enough. I was asked to step down from my church. Once I started new evangelicals, they said, Hey, either stop your social media account or stop drumming here. I'm like, guys, I'm one of like, I am reading my Bible every damn day. I'm in theology podcasts every day. I'm talking about this. Like it's my whole life. I'm obsessed with theology. Isn't right. that what you wanted me to do? And now you're telling me, sorry, you're not doing it right. So you got to leave. Like, it's so it can be so aggravating, right? Yeah. So so where are you now with like with like this Jesus thing? Because frankly, before you answer, I'll just say where I'm at. I'll put my cards on the table. I am more interested and intrigued with the way of Jesus more than ever, but I'm also more aware than ever that the Jesus I was taught was a whitewashed Americanized version. And so I'm kind of on this like hunt to to try and discover like the Jesus that we at least see in scripture and like all the weird nuances that just that that fit no western american categories. So right. I'm still very much committed to Jesus. I do affirm a physical resurrection personally. Um you know, I believe in that. I believe in this hope even though it might sound crazy to some people, but I'm aware more than ever that like what I was inherited was more republican and conservative than mm-hmm. it is actually Jesus centered. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's where I'm at. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> Where am I? Like Jesus, Jesus was the hardest thing to kind of let go of. Mm. Um, and and ultimately, and again, it all it all goes back to hell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I'm like, well, I don't. Do I believe in Jesus? Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And I don't. I don't really care anymore because. Mm. For me and my my theology, everything with me is just very, it's like very math math to me. I'm like, if you may just make it make sense, like tell me anything, but then I'm going to, I'm going to put it together with the other stuff. So for me, like with salvation, yeah, all right. If God, if God is all powerful, all knowing, all loving, and if right. good is stronger than evil, mm-hmm. well, I didn't have to do anything to fall into sin. Like Adam and Eve did that for everyone. So. Right. If Jesus, if the story of Jesus is real, 
then salvation should be for everyone. Like it mm. should, it should mm. cover everyone. Like right. it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter what I believe about it. Cause it didn't matter what I believed about that. Yes. So, yes. So like, do I believe in Jesus? Well, I don't, some days, yes, some days, no, but <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Whatever day it is, like, it doesn't matter because mm. if, mm-hmm. if it's true, then it's true. And it should right. be, it right. should be good for everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of like what I do, what I do with all of it. Like I can, I ultimately, I want to believe, yeah, God is all powerful, all knowing and all loving. So for me and my theology, that also means that God can't be involved here. I'm like, because if God is picking and choosing, you know, things yes. to do, right? then that's not fair. Right. So, so take God away. God is out there somewhere, mm. but we're here. So this is, this is our responsibility. Yep. This is on us to be as loving, as knowing, as powerful, you know, as we can to do the right, right things. Yeah. And so since becoming, you know, whatever I am, I'm like, oh, I think I'm a much better person. Like I care about the earth. I yep. care about yep. Yep. <laughs> other people right. and, you know, my impact and what I'm doing and how much that matters. Yeah. So, you know, one of the big taglines for Christianity is like, oh, you know, without the Bible, you know, people wouldn't know what to do. We don't have any morality outside of it. I'm like, that's just, it's not true. I think right. Christianity dumbs, dumbs it down for a lot of people. Mm, mm. Um, and I, I don't know. I just believe in humanity more than I ever did. Yeah. Like <laughs> the world is awful, yeah. but I have so much more hope now. Yeah. Um, I'm like yeah. people, I believe people are basically good we're not intrinsically evil we're not you know depraved like no i think i think we're all inherently seeking safety seeking love and yeah sometimes we go about it the wrong way but like people people are good and people want to do good Mm. um so the story of jesus i think it's amazing and i think i think we'd all be much better if if we just took the story of Jesus yeah, yeah, and just that, like, I think a lot of Christians are way more <laughs> Paul, mm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than Jesus. Yeah. Um, but if we were just doing what Jesus did, the world would just be much, much different. The, yeah. the United States would be much, much different. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, one of the things that shifted my perspective forever, like, like permanently was when I was listening, listening to some, some person that I really like. And they made the point that in the story of the Bible as a whole, God primarily uses or works through people to make the world a better place. And I was like, Oh my God, like, yes. Like it's not some magic hand from the sky down. Like It's people like people are responsible for what's happening down here. And we have to take that responsibility and own it. And somehow in, in American Christianity, specifically evangelicalism, we were taught that like, to be a good Christian is to pray a prayer and then like not curse and have like, no, there's no um, perspective that's bigger than like your individual morality, right? The idea of systemic injustice doesn't really exist. As we well know the idea of systemic oppression or systems of economic power that keep people oppressed 
right. don't exist. But they, when you think about it, like they really should in the Christian mind. Like, guys, this is like, I mean, Jesus himself literally said he came to liberate the oppressed and that hey. he's good news for the poor. That's pretty dang direct. But again, in our theology that I, I was taught and you were taught, it's like, eh, well, some people do that. That's nice. But really, have you prayed the prayer yet? Have you prayed right. the prayer? It's like, I don't even know if like, that's even a thing. Like, is, is that a thing? You know, like it's not in this Bible you talk about all the time. So, right. And it's, and it's crazy. Like it's, you know, all the support for Trump and, you know, oh, with Trump, he, he, he prayed the prayer. He's, he's a Christian. Oh. And it's like, I don't, what is this religion? Because I'm over here doing everything, not doing everything. Yep. Yep. But I'm, I right. leave church and I am in my soul is in mortal danger. Totally. Like, totally. You're about you are going to hell. But this guy, this guy is okay because he he prayed to prayer. I don't I don't understand right. this. Right. Like right. And just this idea of I don't know, like like God, your God needing someone like that. Right. Like, I'm like, how are you not offended just as a regular right. Christian? Like God could choose anyone. Right. Right. <laughs> he reached past everybody. Right. Right. Was serving faithfully. Right. <laughs> it was like this guy. Right. He gets this it. Guy. <laughs> that's that's wild. Oh, you know, I never thought about it like that, but that's honestly such a great point of like if God is choosing and in control, he could have picked literally there's like 7 billion more qualified people on the planet to do what he's doing. And yet we have Trump and this is like, he was, we're supposed to bow down and kiss the feet, feet right. you know, it, it is anyway, you, I'm sure you already know about how much I don't like Trump or Christian nationalism. So we won't go into that. Cause we'll be here for another three hours of me just mo mostly ranting and you interviewing me at this point, which is not the point of the <laughs> podcast. So listen, uh, it was honestly great getting you on. It was great hearing your story. Um, you know, I appreciate making time because this is, I, I think for a lot of people, I think for a lot of people in the audience, like this is part of the healing process, you know, is that we have to hear these stories that people probably never heard before, but people that were behind the scenes of some pretty big things, you know, and that saw behind the curtain, um, of, of, of systems that like to present themselves as flawless and God centered and so loving, but behind the scenes, aren't even maybe even aware of their own, you know, um, exclusivity, you know, and, right. and don't, and don't want to be aware of it either. It's not, it's not even like, like they want to, they prefer to stay ignorant. Right. So I appreciate you sharing that story. I know it's personal and, it, and I'm, it, it means a lot. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I mean, I've given you the, <laughs> <laughs> the easy version at this point like as you know like there are levels to deconstruction and there's like stuff totally. i can't even think about you yeah, know yet totally. but i don't know it's i would not wish deconstruction on anyone yep. but i wish it for everyone yes yes like it's it's awful and wonderful all the time and it's in a lot of ways it's like taking that that, that little red pill you know that little matrix yeah. pill it's like did I really want this? Well, I did, and I'm here. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, and it's not like the guy who you know wants the steak dinner. It's like, yeah. no, I never, I right. never want to go back. Right. Yeah, that's that's honestly true. And the the farther I'm out of evangelical circles, um, the less I want to be a part of one in in in, in the traditional American, you know, Trump rah rah way. Um, doesn't mean I'm not open to a community of some sort. Maybe one day my wife and I, who knows, right? But like 
as far as the current system, like what we're known for our big events and don't get me wrong. I miss it. Like I miss playing in front of a packed house with a great in your mix, you know, and a great, a great live stream. I miss that part of it for sure. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. I miss it, but that juice ain't worth the squeeze anymore. You know, it just, it just isn't. So it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, thanks for coming on. I'm sure in the future, we'll do it again. Or maybe, maybe we'll go Instagram live and we'll talk more. So thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you, Tim. That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds Wrap. And the sound of me not doing dishes. And the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook, and clean. Make time with Reynolds Wrap. I like the sound of that.